Hello, and welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl. I'm your host, Colleen Weaver, and I am on a quest to discover things that are positive, true, noble, excellent, and praiseworthy. And I'm so glad you've joined me. Today, I want to dive just right in and talk about a song that I came across that is like the most wonderful song to me. It it deals with a topic that is foremost in all of our minds, whether we realize it or not. Now, before I discuss this song, I want to mention another song that was popular several years ago. And it's called Higher Love by the artist Steve Winwood. And if you have any age on you at all, you may recall this song. It's a very upbeat song. In fact, I was a little surprised when I went back and looked at the lyrics and realized that for such an upbeat, happy dancing kind of song, the lyrics were really quite serious. I'm almost surprised that Steve Winwood didn't make it into more of a ballad, almost like the group Foreigner, and I'm dating myself here, but the group Foreigner had a song that asked the question, I want to know what love is. Can somebody show me? You know, I want to, I want to know what love is. And you hear the angst in the lead singer's voice as he's talking about this search that he has for love. Well, Steve Winwood is doing the same thing, but he's doing it to a big dance beat. And he asked the question, think about it. There must be a higher love. Without it, life is just wasted time. Look inside your heart. I'll look inside mine. And the chorus is, bring me a higher love. Where's that higher love I keep thinking of? That's a pretty serious question for such a happy dance song. And it shows you that we're all hardwired to receive love and to give love. And so many songs, if you listen to them, that is the recurring theme of the quest for love to be accepted as you are, to know that this person has your back, that they're not going to leave you when you screw up. Because it's not a matter of if you screw up, at least for me, it's a matter of when. Is there a love that is higher? Because Steve Winwood is singing about that, saying there's got to be a love that is higher than what I've experienced. And he's absolutely right, there is. And so I love how these artists communicate creatively through their talent and through their music what we're all kind of asking on the inside. Is there anybody that's going to give me a love that's higher than what I'm used to? A love that's higher than what I'm used to giving or receiving? Is there a higher love? I want to know what love is. Can somebody show me? 
So when you take the lyrics out of the song, out of the music, it's a really serious quest. So I got to thinking about that. And being on a serendipitous quest, because I want to know about the good in life and the good God who is behind that, of course I'm going to take it to the Bible and take it to songs that are written by artists who are Christians who are on a journey like I am following the one who I think answers that question for all of us and that would be God more specifically Jesus Jesus Christ which is another word of saying Jesus our Savior Christ is a fancy way of saying that he's our Savior Messiah as as many know him That is the word meaning he's the promised one. The one everybody's been waiting for all this time. And God keeps his promises. So I got to thinking, what does God have to say in his word about his love for us? Is it a higher love? Is it better than how we treat each other? I sure hope so. Because I don't know about you, at times I don't love like a shit. And when I do, it can be riddled with selfishness. Anybody else ever struggle with that? Or am I the only one? (laughs) Just wondering here. Um, From what I read in the Bible, I would say I'm not the only one. We, We all struggle with showing a consistent love or unconditional love. Oh, that's the tough one, isn't it? Loving somebody even when they are letting you down. That's hard. No wonder it's a higher love. With the divorce rate the way it is, does anybody mean it anymore? When they stand in front of a pastor and say, till death do us part? Now, I'm not coming down on people who are divorced. I know that there are things that happen. Sometimes people are in danger we are watching a relationship, the death of a relationship between an actor, well, two actors, Johnny Depp and his ex-wife. I think they may already be divorced. I don't know if they aren't. I wouldn't be surprised if they are getting one, but they're both uh, suing one another, I think, for defamation. She's claiming he's abusive. It's coming out in the trial that maybe she's abusive too. Maybe they're both abusive. I don't know, but... People leave people all the time. Promise or no promise. Reasons that are good or reasons that aren't so good. Maybe they just got tired of you. Maybe you've been left. Maybe you're nursing a broken heart. Parents leave. The singer Kelly Clarkson broke down singing a song she wrote to her child about how your father's not going to leave you the way mine left me. She is in her 30s, I think. And she broke down crying, singing that song. And there wasn't a dry eye. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, Keith Urban, the judges for this uh, voice talent show. I want to say it's American Idol. It's one of those. They were crying along with her people leave. So this is a good question. Is there a higher love? Is there a love that's not going to leave no matter what? That is unfailing, unending, constant, 
that isn't based on how well we perform. Because God knows I have my days. And I'm happy to say there is. And according to God's word, God himself says about himself, and he can't lie. The Bible says he can't lie. God's love is unfailing. Psalm 13, and you can look all these up. You can Google them. God's love is unfailing. The psalmist David says, I trust, but I trust. He's having a really hard time. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. So David knew no matter how bad life got, that God's love was unfailing. And too often we tend to say, well, my circumstances aren't great. So when they're good, God loves me. And when they're bad, he must not. You can't put God on that kind of performance scale. Um, Our life can be good or crappy because of our own foolish choices or other people's foolish choices. We live in a fallen world with fallen sinful people making fallen sinful decisions every day. Even those who have put their trust in Jesus, we can screw up and behave like those old people that we once were. So there's a lot of reasons why circumstances can be bad. But God tells us that his love is unfailing. He also says his love is unending. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, I have loved you, and this is God speaking, in the middle of judging Israel through exiling them for their continued bowing down to idols of the nations around them. They are going through some serious discipline. But yet the Lord says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And he goes on to make promises to them that he's going to bring them back. And he does. He brings them back and he restores them. So even in the midst of that horrible exile and situation that God was talking about through Jeremiah, his love never wavered for them. Just like our parents who disciplined us when we did wrong. If your parents didn't discipline you, chances are they didn't love you enough to even care. But if they disciplined you, it was because they cared. Because they loved you. Now, Parents can fail and they can discipline in the wrong way. I know there were times I had to ask my children to forgive me that I disciplined them in times where I was still angry. And they weren't sensing that mom loved them. But God isn't like that, is he? So God's love is given apart from your performance. I think another word for this is unconditional. Romans 5 verse 8 You know, it says that while we were still sinning, when we were at our worst, Christ died for us. And God didn't send Jesus on the cross to die for us so he could love us. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us because he loved us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? walked away from us and said, you guys are too screwed up. I don't want this anymore. No, God so loved the world, that includes you, that he gave his only son. That whosoever would believe in him, put their trust in him, and believe that what he did on the cross was enough to pay for their sins. And that love turns into a love that follows. It doesn't just trust and goes in its merry way. He gives us a new heart, and that new heart wants to trust and follow him and do things his way for a change. Because our way wasn't working, was it? It ended in death. 
So I used to think, well, God forgives me for everything I did wrong, but now I have to be perfect. Oh, no, he never said that. I was such a perfectionist by the time I got saved at 13 that I drug my perfectionism into my walk with God. And it took another seven years for him to say, you are trying to live this Christian life in your own strength. Why don't you just give it all to me and let me live my life through you? Oh, I was so happy that day to realize that God didn't want me to try to impress him and perform for him. Stop trying to perform for God. Martin Luther did it. I've done it for most of my life. And God still has to remind me. He doesn't love you any more or any less based on your performance. It is Jesus' performance that counts. His acceptance of us as Christians is based on what Jesus did on the cross and his perfect performance, not ours. And the reason he did all that was not so he could love us, but because he already did. And he loved us at our worst. So that's unconditional. So maybe I'm the only one who struggles with trying to be a performing queen for everybody so that they will love me. Because a lot of times I got the message as a kid, I'll love you if you do dot, dot, dot. And I'm not going to love you as much if you don't do dot, dot, dot. That approval, I felt from many different sources, family, people at school, my peers. That love was there as long as I was getting it done and doing exactly what they wanted. That is conditional love. And we all blow it, don't we? We all show conditional love, but that's not God. He's a higher love and he shows unconditional love. Now he may not always approve of what we do and there may be discipline and there may be trials, but that doesn't affect his love for us. In fact, his love is impossible to escape. Romans 8 verses 31 through 39 conclude, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing in all creation. I used to think I could separate myself from the love of Christ. There are people who don't believe in an eternal salvation. They think you can lose your salvation. Well, do you see that in the Bible anywhere? Because in John 5, 24, it says, He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Present tense. And will not come into judgment. That's future tense. But has crossed over from death into life. And that is a Greek tense called aorist. And it's like a one-way doggy door. Once you enter through that door, you can't go back out it. It's not like a doggy door. Well, it's like a one-way doggy door. Once you're in, you're in. Okay? There is no God kicking you out or kicking you to the curb and saying, you're not my child anymore. He doesn't do that. That's why he says in Romans 8, nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ. Okay? Somebody needs to hear this besides me. Because you've been tap dancing your way too long for God. Not just for people, but for God too. Stop it. Stop it. Martin Luther was told the same thing by a wonderful Catholic priest who said, Martin, stop all of it. Stop it. And that really meant a lot to me. Because I went through a lot of salvation doubts. And... 
I'm thankful I went through it because it caused me to look at the Bible and see what God really has to say. Well, there's a wonderful song I want to leave you with that is kind of a emotional, mental milestone for me. I went to the beach in Florida back in April to have kind of a spiritual retreat with the Lord. And while I was there, I gave him some stuff that was really weighing my heart down, situations I couldn't change, that were breaking my heart, and that had broken my heart. I was very broken when I went to that beach in April of 2022, earlier this year. And I picked up a big shell, and I said, Lord, I don't want to give this to you. I feel like I'm giving up. I feel like I give this to you. I'm just giving up because I was trying to change things and I had been trying to change things for a very long time and getting nowhere. And I realized and I told the Lord, I'm not giving up. I'm giving it over. And I surrendered a situation to him and gave it to him to handle. And I threw that shell into the water and I watched the waves take it under never to return and now every time I go to that beach I remember that day and shortly after that I think within a day or two a song by Phil Wickham called It's Always Been You came out and dadgummit if Phil Wickham wasn't recording this song on a beach The video was him singing the song on a beach and you could hear the ocean, the roar of the ocean and the wind and the waves. And I know Phil Wickham didn't record that just for me, but it felt that day like this is just God's love song to me. Somebody needs to hear these lyrics. Go look this song up. It's called It's Always Been You by Phil Wickham. But I want to read the words to you and leave you with this. This is him talking to the Lord. And he says, you saw me first. You let me in when I was at my worst. The moment that I heard you say my name was the first time in so long. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. You are the voice that calms the storm inside me. Castle walls that stand around me all this time. My guardian was you. You are the light that shines in every tunnel there in the past. You'll be there tomorrow. All my life, your love was breaking through. It's always been you. He goes on to say, my northern star, your love, your love will be the compass of my heart. And I just want to be right where you are, right where you are. And he sings the chorus again, and then I love the bridge. Who stood with me in the fire? It was you. It was always you. Who pulled me out of the water? It was you. It was always you. Who carried me on their shoulders? It was you. I know. It's you. And those references are to Old Testament references. I'm pretty sure that's what Phil Wickham is referencing to, or whoever wrote the song. Who stood with me in the fire? You may remember the story from the Old Testament of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were exiled Israelites 
in what is now, I believe, Iraq, Babylonians. And the Medo-Persian Empire had taken over. And these three guys, along with Daniel, who was thrown into a den of lions by another king, I believe. Um, I think it was two different kings. But these three guys were thrown in the fire. They hadn't done anything wrong. But there were politics and people after them. And they were thrown in the fire. And they... I think it was because they refused to bow down and worship this idol that the king had made of himself, basically. And they refused to bow down to this idol. So they were thrown into a fire that was heated seven times hotter than it should have been. And the king was watching to see what would happen. And he could see them in there, but he saw four people. And they told him before they went in, they said, listen, God is completely able to save us from this fire. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bet on your idol. Okay? Because God is God and your idol isn't. So do what you have to do. But we know God's able to rescue us. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. And when they looked in the fire, they saw four people. The fourth person was a Christophany, which is a pre-incarnate, big words, um, appearance of Jesus before he came to the earth. So Jesus would pop down for, um, you know, surprise appearances in human form. And um, he was in the fire with them, talking to them. (laughs) And they came out and then didn't even smell like smoke. (laughs) <laughs> it didn't even smell like smoke. And so that's that reference. And then who pulled me out of the water, I think is a reference in the New Testament where Peter sees Jesus walking on the water and he gets this courage and says, well, if it's you, Lord, call me to come to you. And he's like, well, come on. So he jumps out of the boat and he starts walking on the water as long as he's looking at Jesus. And then he looks down, he sees the waves, he loses his faith. He starts sinking. And next thing he knows, his big, strong arm, a carpenter's arm. Jesus was no wimp, by the way. He is, Jesus is pulling him up by the arm and saying, oh, you have little faith. Why are you doubting? And um, I think that's what he said when he brought him up. I hope I'm not mixing passages, but I know he pulled him out of the water. And then the reference to being carried on his shoulders, um, Jesus is the good shepherd. And he used a lot of shepherd analogies. Well, I think a lot of times from what I've heard, when sheep are just refusing to follow the shepherd, I think sometimes the shepherd, if I've heard this right, will break their leg, which sounds cruel, but it's not. He will break their leg because they're just going to get killed if they keep wandering off. Because sheep can be incredibly stupid. And we are likened to those sheep, okay? Um, we, we, all we are like sheep. That Jesus said it. God said it. <laughs> and I certainly act like one. Um, but he is the good shepherd. But that shepherd will, will maim temporarily the sheep. But he'll carry him on his shoulders. And while he carries him on his shoulders, he's healing. The sheep is healing. And then my understanding is that that sheep won't wander away after that. He will stay close to that shepherd and they enjoy this closeness that the other sheep don't enjoy. So there's a mercy even in what seems like a really tough situation, uh, which sounds like God is being cruel. And maybe you're going through a circumstance like that, but that's his, his heart is good. So 
this is what Phil Wickham is referring to when he says, who stood with me in the fire, who pulled me out of the water, who carried me on the shoulders. It was you. So I love that song. I hope you go and listen to it. Uh, so Steve Winwood, I don't know if you're still living or not, but if you're wondering, is there higher love? Absolutely. There is. And, um, lead singer, whose name I don't know, a foreigner who's asking and saying, I want to know what love is. Love is Jesus. Love is Jesus. You want to know what love looks like is Jesus. And, um, it's always been you is a great song that I will never forget because I know that just a day or so previously from when I heard that song, I had given over a situation to God and the Lord. Now, when I hear that song and hear the waves and the ocean and hear those words, it's, it's God's love song to me, but it can be God's love song to you too. Uh, God's like that. He can take the same thing and use it for everybody. So if you've never really checked out the love of God and who Jesus Christ is, I would really encourage you to Google or pick up a copy of the Bible. You can look on the internet. There are Bibles, entire Bibles on the internet. Um, Look up the book of John and read about what Jesus has done for you. Well, that's it for today. And I, uh, hey, I brought it in at 25 minutes and 30 seconds. So that's, it's getting a little bit better, huh? I'm trying not to, uh, I want to respect y'all's time. So hope you got something out of this. Have a wonderful serendipitous day and I'll see you next time.